This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. I have with me today Harry Bergeron, who goes by Tysonberg on Twitter as an Anon. It's a, both Anon names. And I wanted to have him on to talk about a interesting idea. It's an interesting concept that I think is worth talking about because he is creating a business around this very interesting concept. And that concept is best referred to as cancellation insurance. So Harry, what is cancellation insurance? Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on. So the quick version is cancellation insurance is a means by which creators can use their audiences to hedge against future penalties from cancellation by allowing them to proactively pledge to them ahead of time which would then be transferred in the event that uh, such misfortune befalls them. Right. So we're saying cancellation insurance because we know from people having been canceled that being canceled um, affects your livelihood. And it would be amazing if you were somebody who could speak your mind and then hedge against the possibility that your day job, for example, will cancel you and thereby make it so that you don't have any income anymore. So is that the use case? Like what's the clearest, or maybe there's multiple, but what are the clearest use cases for this? Like who would want cancellation insurance? So in the beginning, and uh, there's a kind of an elaborate strategy to eventually help as many people as possible. Um, But the, in the beginning, creators would benefit uh, the most from it, both both because uh, any sort of network-based uh, revenue stream, um, you know, you accumulate an audience pretty rapidly, can have that taken away just as rapidly if certain news doesn't go according to your interests. Um, but then they also have the largest network uh, on tap to be able to prepare for that um, eventuality or, you know, uh, potential outcome. So uh, creators would be the first ones that would be able to take advantage of it and uh, hopefully in time, you know, broadening concentric circles from there. So, but Anna, I guess what I, a better question would be, do you see it as being used mostly by Anons or not Anons? No, Anons can definitely use it. And um, I actually have been working with, um, because I mean, as you already know, I've been developing this with uh, several people in uh, the exit organization. Yeah, uh, headed up by um, by uh, JCB, and I have been. Uh, I have the baseline explanation that I, I'm going to go into in a second, um, and then there's a very quick update in a couple of months that should make this um, much uh, much more beneficial to Anons than perhaps the exact day one version will be. But um, but yeah, that won't take too much time. So would there be a use for non-Anons though? Because <clears throat> like, is the financial harm that you envision acting against, is the financial harm the loss of a day job or is it like the de-platforming? You know, which is it more geeter towards? Probably you could do either, but most likely, and again, I'll just kind of refer to like the immediate short-term future of this, because then you get to do all cool sorts of crazy stuff and help out a lot more people, you know, in a year or two from now, but um, probably mostly uh, the loss from, um, yeah, revenue-based income, uh, whether it's, you know, YouTube channel getting kicked off of Patreon or um, even, you know, losing a Twitter account, which if that's the way that you get your audience, that damages you. So you, although you could, um, you know, there's nothing stopping anybody from doing like loss of day job income. Um, yeah. If you have a large 
if you have a large online audience um, and you mostly get your income from a day job, then the, yeah, there's nothing stopping you from saying, hey, in case I lose my job, this is my main thing. And also I have however many tens of thousands able to donate to me. You can still work that angle for sure. Got it. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I think it makes more sense in my opinion as yes, it, it in order to like do it actuarially or f- to be like make it actually make sense. I feel like you would have to, um, and I know you're not using an actuary because it's just crowdfunded, but, but, uh, I, I think, um, Tying it to your loss of a platform is a little more clear than tying it to a loss of a job. Because even if you're not using an actuary, you still have to have a triggering event, right? So yeah. like, what? How, how would you say that that triggering event works? Like say a hundred people give me, I mean, I'm not a good example because I'm, well, yeah, no, say, say it's me. Say Substack, right? Say I, you know, I'm making a thousand bucks a month on Substack and Substack eventually gets infiltrated by the ADL, which is already happening. And they start putting pressure on Substack to cancel people, right? To cut, kick people off the platform. Say that we, there's this Kickstarter thing or sorry, your thing, right? What's the project called again? Pluribus. Pluribus. Yeah. So say I have a Pluribus account. So my followers have pledged to me, you know, $5 each or whatever for the event that I might be canceled. Pluribus is where that happens. How in that instance would the money get triggered and then be given to me? Sure. So I like the way that, uh, that you phrased that question because it's, you know, the um, explanation uh, fits very well for that. So uh, obviously, cancellation means different things for different people. So we'll leave it up uh, to the hands of the creator, Anon, however, you know, you want to call the person, you know, pledge recipient um, to say, hey, set, they'll set the parameters will count as a canceling for them. Hey, if I get kicked off of Patreon, hey, if I get demonetized from YouTube, hey, if Substack, which is cool at the moment, starts becoming not cool and cuts off my funding, then these are my Achilles heels. So X, insert X for whatever the week. Um, point is that you want protection against. So then your followers would see that and then, you know, agree to that condition say, okay, I will pledge to donate to you should X scenario occur. So we would, and by pledge, I mean, um, you know, not like a, I forget the, um, the um, platform where you just kind of, you know, launch like a vote of protest. It's just kind of like a meaningless symbolic, symbolic gesture. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. What is that? It's, uh, it right, where it's like you like get people to sign your signature thing. It's like, it's, hey, we don't like this. We yes, don't like yes. this. Sign, sign the petition. Yeah. It's, it's a petition website. What is that yeah. called? I forget. But yeah, I, know, I can picture the logo and it's included in my explanation. So I should probably start remembering this. But, um, <laughs> anyway. So that thing. So it's not like that. So we'll, uh, you know, take the payment info and basically it will, it's basically a locked in commitment. Be like, okay, we have your payment info and we will not charge you on the spot. Um, because like, I mean, if, uh, you know, people launch GoFundMes for, uh, tragedies, like after they happen, like, Hey, I need, uh, uh, surgery, will you donate to me? Sure. But it's not a great deal for me to be like, Hey, in case I eventually need a leg surgery in the future, would you give me money? No, I mean, that's just, I'm just losing money. So pledge to donate, not taking money on the spot. Um, and then basically the recipient of these pledges would kind of be accumulating accumulating these latent pledges. And then should the day come, okay, uh, Substack becomes not cool. And, you know, all of a sudden you get an error message and, you know, pretty much looks They're like gone, that. Yeah. yeah, so um, you would uh, click to um, execute your, you know, quote unquote policy um, to, you know, transfer the pledges and uh, everybody um, that pledged to you would be notified of it. Um, now, obviously, we have to balance the concerns of both parties here um, because, you know, uh, people who pledge don't want to be defrauded, which I don't think that there's that large of a risk for it. Like, even if it works, you're, I mean, you're not going to be doing yourself any favors career wise or financial wise. So, um, but anyway, they still have to feel that. 
Um, but also on your end, you can't just have people who pledged unpledging and then just have the rug pulled out from under you when you were counting on a parachute to like to, to help your landing. So leaving it up to a vote each time seemed a bit iffy. Um, not great. It almost precedes doubt for a future conflict. So basically the middle ground that we arrived at is each uh, plane will be treated as legitimate as a baseline. But there will be a period of time. Right now it's seven days. We, you know, could extend it to uh, 14, 20. We'll, uh, you know, tinker with the stuff to make sure that it's the um, best, uh, best way it can be but to oppose that transaction, uh, which they will if they think that this is completely fake or it fell outside of the parameters they agreed to or technically fell inside of the parameters, but you're clearly abusing it and you did something on purpose. But aside from that, 99% of the time, this should work just fine. Everybody's kind of on the same side to begin with. So how would the number... So, okay, so I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just trying to like wrap my head around how this would actually work. So yeah, the numbers... Um, I, or the the event, the triggering event would ideally be your biggest platform. So, like, if you're the Red Scare Girls, they make all their money on Patreon, right? So you're you're you would have some kind of insurance for the Patreon platform because that's really where their income comes from. Yeah, and it would be like your biggest platform. That's that's where the trigger lies, more or less. Um. Yeah. Doesn't have to be, but it makes sense that way. Yeah, it would make sense that way. Or you could have an or statement in there, like if if or this or. Um. So that makes sense. How does the actual money work, though? Because because if you think about it, like say you're again to use an example, say that you're Anna, Anna and Dasha, the Red Scare Girls. If you don't know them, um, yeah, I know, and they you know make 50 grand a month on it's patreon i guess so say that uh that's a lot 50 grand a month is a lot of money so if you're crowdsourcing their insurance like wouldn't people have to pledge i think they have like you know i i think their monthly is like 20 dollars a month which is like a lot to get past the paywall yeah I don't know. Somebody was just telling me that yesterday, but I don't actually know. Um, that seems that is awesome. they're doing well. Yeah. Let me see. Red Scare Patreon. Um, but anyway, like it's to, for your for your favorite, yeah, twenty dollars a month. Damn. Oh wait, no. It says access to the premium episodes for our basic. Hmm. Premium episodes. So what's the difference between the premium episodes and the not premium episodes? I don't understand, of course. Um, review. So is this a... I can't tell the difference between what a premium episode is and then a... Because uh, yeah, it's all Patreon. It's all kind of premium, right? Um. Yeah, no, I think it's only $5 a month. So I think that that guy who was telling me that is wrong. I don't know what pervert tier means or anything like that. But uh, misinformation. Yeah. Anyway, so let's say, okay, so they have, they're making $54,000 a month on 12,000 patrons, right? So yeah, we're imagining that those people are all paying about $5. Yeah, this guy told me wrong. So yeah, they're they're most people are paying five dollars. They've got twelve thousand patrons. So let's just make it super simple. Say you've got ten thousand patrons. They're paying you five bucks a month. That's fifty grand. So if in this insurance context, how are you going to fill that in? Because you know how much are people supposed to? If you're a huge Red Scare fan and you want to give them cancellation insurance, how much would you give them? If you're a huge Red Scare fan and you're already paying them five bucks a month, yeah, there's nothing to uh, you know stop you from being like, oh, and I will uh, you know add this on top of it in um, in case you know. Added part to this is and like actually you know aside from you know we all hate cancel culture, we all want this problem to be solved. Kind of the straightforward, um, you know kind of financial interest of that is just like I, for, I forgot how many 
patrons you said that they have, but like that's um like what percent of their audience is that? Like one percent, two percent maybe? Like I like both of them, follow them both on Twitter. I like their content. I don't subscribe to them though. And I don't subscribe to them not because I dislike them, but because I can only pledge five bucks a month to so many people. I have like maybe five or six people who I pledge to. Um, and I swap them, you know, both around because I got to draw the line somewhere. Uh, I have a lot more flexibility and a certain segment of their audience has a lot more flexibility um, that do not currently donate to them five bucks a month that would say, hey, you know, I can't pay you five bucks every single month because I can't pay everybody I like five bucks a month every single month, but I will help you out in the time that you need it. Sure. If you need me in the future to bail you out and also kind of stick a thumb in the eye of everything that I hate, I'll throw you 20 bucks at this, you know, indeterminate point in the future. So it uh, a larger kind of percentage of the audience gets kind of unlocked from there. Um, and then, you know, they won't, be able to generate, you know, a huge comprehensive life-saving policy in a day or a week or even a month. But over time, as this develops and more people join the network and, you know, I won't go into too many different features yet, but other things start getting layered in, then, you know, then we're cooking. Okay. So, all right. So to tell us, why did you want to do this? Like, first of all, why did you join Exit? And then how did you have this idea? What is Exit? Why did you join it? And, and how did you have this idea? So I joined Exit because I had this idea to begin with. And then it kind of had a, uh, a, a false start with, um, you know, trying to get it off the ground with a couple of people who weren't really in the right, um, you know, lockdowns happened. People got their lives ruined, weren't really in a psychological place to start a business with. Um, so, but I'd been tracking, uh, tracking exit for a while because our interests obviously aligned because, um, I had been interested in this problem. Um, and I kind of joined to be like, Hey, I'm just going to join. I'm not really sure what to expect, but I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. Hey, uh, this is the idea that I've got going on. I don't code. I've done a lot of work conceptually, but anybody who wants to help build it, let me know. And that came together in like a matter of like a couple months and, you know, we started building it pretty quickly. Um, at least as far as, uh, as you know, how I got this idea to begin with, probably started like a couple of years ago during the kind of like that initial 2017, 2018 period where like Brett Weinstein had the Evergreen scandal happen to him. Jordan Peterson burst on the scene with his little college perfuffle. Um, and, uh, and, you know, this, I was kind of like, you know, one, like many people, I was kind of not, I wasn't paying attention that closely and then start, stuff started to happen. And um, nobody really, nobody likes cancel culture. So, or like, I mean, you know, mo most normal, well-adjusted, semi, you know, not riddled with like malicious personality disorder people <laughs> are fans of cancel culture. But like, I was, so I was trying, it's a good point of like, whatever, like maybe like it bugged me an extra amount. Um, but, uh, oh yeah. Oh, and Louis CK in, uh, 2017, 18, whatever that happened. So, um, I mean, I'm really only interested in like a couple of things. Like, I mean, I like, uh, learning the pursuit of knowledge. Brent was an evolutionary biologist. They, they got him fired because he was white and was on campus. I'm like, all right, that's retarded. And I like evolutionary biology and I don't like that. Um, and then Louis C.K., I mean, I love comedy, love humor. Um, it's really just like knowing things and then joking about them are kind of like it makes up like 80 percent of the pie chart of things that I like in my life. Um, and <laughs> so like things I'm and like, joking about them. That's a that's a good name for like a Substack blog, knowing things and joking about them. That's a good. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I think everybody is, or most people have stories about just like, you know, when like a line was crossed for them of just like, they tried to ignore what's going on until it crossed the red line for them personally. And those happening in quick succession were my two lines. I see. Okay. So you, you felt like you had to do something about this. Have you ever been canceled yourself in anything? No, much to my shame. Um, to, to be canceled is nothing, but to live having never been canceled is to die every day. Um, the, uh, but yeah, no, I have not been canceled yet. Mm. Um, okay. So, um, 
right. So then how has exit been helping you? Uh, everybody that, um, or the, the majority of people that are working on the project, um, I, I found through there. Um, and actually, uh, it was funny. Um, I actually got a, um, a technical co-founder relatively quickly. And then oh, he nice. got a, he got a giant promotion at his job. Um, and he got way too many responsibilities. He couldn't do it anymore. So I'm in like these weekly entrepreneurship calls with exit and I'm talking and like, I'm telling them the good news. And then this one week I come in just completely dejected, just, just like I thought I had some, and then I was just like really down on myself, just like shit, just when things were looking up and that, but, and then, um, and then, uh, uh, Vector, um, just the screen name of uh, my current co-founder. He was on the call and he like messaged me right after. He was just like, you know, I'll be a productive co-founder. We can do this. I'm like, oh, all right. So, um, and then, you know, we uh, kind of kept things going from there. And just even um, as the project, you know, because there's highs and lows to this whole entrepreneurship business, especially doing something that is like relatively uncharted territory and just um the whole support structure, whether it's like material or like, you know, emotional, psychological, just um, kind of uh, going into those calls, especially um, where it's like, there's no secret level of like uber competent, like uh, entrepreneur type person that like you have pictured from like whatever, like the media caricatures are. They're all just guys, very impressive guys, very smart and, and talented. But um, that's that that's also kind of reassuring um, when you're doing something daunting. Yeah, totally, totally. So it's it's good that exit seems to be working. You know, people really are coming together. So why pluribus? Why is it called pluribus? So it's um, and yeah, I can't recommend exit uh, highly enough for anybody who's uh, who's listening slash watching. Um, so pluribus, uh, obviously a nod to uh, e pluribus unum, um, but. I mean, by itself in Latin, it means like many or more. Um, and, you know, if I uh, break down the population, um, I think 8% identify as progressive activists, um, you know, then the whole swath of them are, you know, NPCs and other stuff like that who kind of, you know, follow what they're told. But the wait, majority wait, wait. of what, people... What are those numbers? Hold on. What are the numbers? So there was a... Um, and the NPCs weren't in this report that I'm... So there's a report in 2018 called the hidden tribes report and they broke down political affiliation into six different groups um and progressive activists were eight percent um and then so yeah they did not include npcs as one of the designations i'm not sure if it was a term yet but um but yeah so the, so regardless of where those the people the people that were responsible for driving this whole thing are not that many people they are disproportionately influential within institutions. Well, but are those? Uh, but, the, see, those really aren't the NPCs, though, right? Because the NPCs no. are are the people who follow those people, right? That yeah. it's a little yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I might have I might have uh, said it wrong. So that's uh, but that yeah, that was more or less uh, what I meant. Just kind of going with the flow. Okay, sure. I guess we're doing this, doing this. Did you see the game last night? all that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah, but the, the, I meant just like, yeah, the sliver of people actively actually driving this are not that many. people. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, so as far as the, as far as the name, so it's just like a, you know, a, so a small minority wields outside control because they have control of several strategic, several, many, uh, strategic institutions. Um, and, there's just a whole, um, you know, swath of the population that is just kind of getting it left and right. And they're just like, everybody who I talk to in my personal life is pretty normal and doesn't like this. And yet we still have no control over this. So it's frustrating. So uh, pluribus, since it means many more, um, it is the idea that if we pull this off and execute right, we can harness the majority of the population by using networks to outmaneuver institutions and like actually morality. start behaving like the, exactly, actually start behaving like the numbers that we actually have. The plurality. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So definitely parallel institutions. This is a, a big help with parallel institutions, basically, right? I yep. do think that, so, you know, like I wrote a piece about this recently, like, uh, 
we're shifting as a culture, I think, away from ad-based models to patronage-based models, you know, for content. Uh, this is a very obvious thing. Yeah. But what's crazy is that if you look at the numbers, Substack makes very little money. Substack makes like $20 million a year, which is like, given their impact and their size, it's really, really very little. Whereas yeah. Twitter, which has never been profitable, relies on advertising and it makes like $2 billion a year, even after a bunch of advertisers left the platform. So, I mean, either case is exposed to cancellation because advertisers obviously throw their weight around and try and cancel people like they do on Twitter. You know, after Elon took over 50% of the advertisers left Twitter. So they're yeah. trying to cancel in their own way. And then there's cancellation on the platforms themselves, which is kind of more what you're talking about. I do think that as we move more and more into this patronage model, um, I think that something like what you're doing will become very obvious and very viable because it'll be so platform. It'll just be like platform insurance, basically. Uh, but I guess my question for you is like, what are, what do you, where do you see the world of content going generally? Like, will everyone have a sub stack in the future? Like, how will we distinguish good from bad? Um, what's going to happen to TV and these old models? I hope everybody doesn't have a sub stack in the future. I mean, it <laughs> might be a little bit bloated as is, but no, as far as interesting people that are like, you know, might not have their professional occupation as writer that like still have, you know, interesting thoughts to share with the world and just using that as an outlet, um, then, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would hope so. Um, I do, uh, yeah, I do, I do see things head in that direction. I think advertising as this whole schism happens, mm -hmm. um, and especially, you know, like with new founding stuff about trying to get aligned companies there, I think it might, um, actually kind of meld together and buttress these new institutions. So, not advertising from, you know, Pepsi, H, what I, I don't know, insert the 10 most well-known companies that we'll leave you in a second, um, but actually have like your subscribers who like you. And then actually this kind of new array of aligned companies that will also advertise for you whose customers are looking for, or potential customers are looking for companies that don't hate them. I think that it can kind of blend into this new hybrid that isn't at quite at risk and kind of detached of just hey these companies exist so they advertise and be kind of form a more resilient hybrid i hope yeah it's like it's like coming at the problem from both ways like we need based advertisers but but in a way we also like should get away from advertisers entirely because we don't want advertisers to be dictating speech and that was never the point of any of this really um it would be interesting to know whether the first newspapers were advertising based or, you know, subscription based or just like a la carte, you know, were the first newspapers just like you just bought them and that was the whole revenue. And then like, how did people start figuring out to put those ads in there? Um, Yeah. So uh, cool, man. Cool. Cool. Uh, I guess, um, what do you think about Kickstarter? You know, I mean, like, is that the kind of model that you're trying to imitate? Like, will the platform look like Kickstarter? Um, I haven't gone in Kickstarter in a while, but um, I mean, if you want to check out the site, um, I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm looking is, at it. Uh... I'm looking at it. Okay. Um, do you think it looks like Kickstarter? I haven't been in Kickstarter. No, it looks nothing like uh, Kickstarter. I just mean like, you know, but, but it's not set up the, yet. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no pledging yeah. or anything on here yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, in the sense that, you know, Kickstarter is like raising money in the sense for like an eventual, um, you know, expense, it's, it'll be a little bit similar to that. Um, as far as like how, you know, customers interact with it, like monetarily. So, um, real quick, like how we'll monetize it is um, obviously like, like I said, 
over time, this um, I think this will become like a really, really robust force, um, especially like once this initial step is obviously going to be the hardest. But once people kind of catch on and go, actually, so everybody's asking, hey, like, I want to do something. People want to do stuff to help or what do I do? So like this is like finally like a tangible measure to, you know, uh, you know, quote unquote, fight back or however you want to phrase it. Um, but, you know protect your friends against your enemies without breaking the bank. Um, so anyway, um, so that will build uh, in time, but you know, for the time being like crowdfunded insurance, I'm not, we're not trying to throw on like, you know, a, a burdensome, you know, insurance payment. That's not appealing to anybody. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, and you know, a lot of this is like impossible to completely design in a lab. Like we'll need real world feedback to gauge exactly how to go about it. So just start at to, um, to accept pledges. We'll just be five bucks a month. Um, oh wait, you know, where's no. the pledges though? I don't see where you would do that. Oh yeah. Well, I know it's uh, releasing in two weeks. We're um, oh, okay. the, the You're whole just thing is it. Yeah. 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 Just about to, um, yeah, so we're which uh, creators I, are you going to start with? So I don't want. So we're talking to um like probably like a little over a dozen people in this sphere, but like I haven't, we haven't like I didn't make any um like sign like uh you know hard agreements yet. So I don't want to just hold them too early. But like, but we're talking right now. We're in the run up to it. There's going to be a batch of people whose names you recognize. So I just don't want to you know. Put them in a oh, just saying it right now. No, but um, yeah, um, we'll be good. Yeah, the um, yeah, no, I was not uh, comfortable with the idea of just launching it and being like, hey, everybody, now come to us. We kind of want to, you know, have a couple people on board first. Um, so yeah, but just start like so five bucks a month to um, you know, maybe like you know, for fifty bucks for like the whole year to um, accept pledges again. So can not break the bank that way and just kind of uh accumulate pledges that way and then as far as um you know from the uh you know supporter side um you know we can't take a cut of uh money that isn't there yet um you know if you pledge and don't pay you know we can't take a percentage of it so you will just have you know kind of the gofundme um model which is you can just have the option to tip us to fund our operations directly um and then uh at least that's the initial um model and then you know i can go into like a couple of i won't throw out like every single cool idea that we have but there are a couple of kind of uh impactful updates that we have planned for the next year that i mean like to touch on at least at some point i'm not saying right this second but um that will uh that will juice it up okay so um again so you're doing it like monthly so somebody's gonna give five dollars a month to this or like a certain amount a year and then all of that just like gets put into a pot and then the creator gets it all at once do they get it all at once when the event happens or oh at least as far as the um i mean that's just like the just the expense to um to you know pay for the service because then also like, I mean, think about the numbers that, you know, they wouldn't, um, you know, necessarily work out if, you know, we have like a hundred creators, they each pay us 50 bucks. Like that's not, you know, enough for a payout. So, um, no, that the payouts will, uh, will come from, you know, all the pledges that they're able to, uh, accumulate from their audiences. So if, you know, there's 10 creators, but they each have, you know, 50,000 followers, like it's their, the audiences that would be able to generate it. Well, right, but isn't that what the you're saying? You it's going to be a five dollar a month pledge, right? Or no, I meant from. I'm sorry if I uh, if I was imprecise for for the creators to pay us just to collect the pledges, not a five dollar a month pledge from everybody. Oh, they have to pay every you. month. I yeah, see. the creators have to yeah. pay you. So you're getting you're getting money both ways. The creators are paying you in order to get the things for five dollars a month. I see. Got it. Got it. Oh, I, I yeah, misunderstood. Yeah. Okay, and then oh, the other so people I have a are limited just... amount of uh, limited amount of interview experience so far. Yeah. I'm I'm rushing. No, up. it's all right. It's all right. So, and then the other people have are getting. Uh, they're they're just pledging any amount, whatever amount they want, just a one time thing, basically. Yeah, I believe it's a minimum of five. Um, but yeah, as much as uh, as much as they want. 
So, um, and but but I guess what I was saying is okay. So th- then the people who are pledging money, did they get anything in in exchange? Is there any like perk or like you know special thing that the that they're getting? Maybe in the future, um, not immediately. And I kind of had more insight into this because, like, I'm not a content creator, but I am interested in you know, dozens of people's stuff. And I'm, so I kind of have more of like the mindset of, okay, how can I support people? What am I interested in? Um, so, I mean, yeah, if they, as of right now, if they want like exclusive uh, content and stuff, like, I mean, they have the option to pay for, you know, um, you know, Patreon or however, whatever other yeah. exclusive content right. that's well up or paywall. And then if they fall just short of that, but it's just like, you know what? Not only do I like you, I hate this shit and I'm bored at my job and I hate HR and I don't really have any other avenues to vent frustration and voting doesn't work, protesting doesn't work. Yeah, I'll throw you 20 bucks if you need it. Um, but, yeah. um, you know, in the future, you know, we'll kind of leave those options open, but it's just speculation at this point. Yeah. So uh, who was who would be your number one person? Like if you were the your customer, who would be the people that you give insurance to? Like the literal number one? I mean... No, like who? Like who would be uh, your creators, you know? I was going to say, like, I mean, I guess Rogan, like if I had to pick like the single biggest, you know, creator. You're a big big Rogan guy. Yeah, and I mean, I just, like, uh, yeah, and then, and also, like, I mean, you know, he's not too far away from me in Austin, so there might be other ways to, you know, reach him. But um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody who's, anybody who has... um, you know, a sizable audience who makes their money through, um, you know, network-based revenue, which is like, says a brief aside, like, again, just like from a strictly economic component, like there is this whole thing where, you know, if you're the whole creator economy, creator economy, this creator economy, that it's exploding, everybody's doing this, but there's no, like, you know, there, I'm not sure. I don't think there's any unemployment insurance from like, there's no, there hasn't been any sort of way to buttress this um this revenue based uh income. So, but it's just kind of you know using using the same networks you can um you know kind of mitigate any downside. No, I know. I'm so, just trying to get a sense of like your taste. You know, I'm trying to get a sense. Oh, of my taste. Your... Yeah, yeah. Pretty similar to yours, from what I've gathered. Um, well, no, I but mean, like, give me some people. Like, who, who, who are your people that you really like that you listen to? Like, what are the? I, I, to be honest, I'm really not much of a patron. To be, <laughs> to be honest, you yeah. know what the one show I have is the one thing I'll well, never give up is my subscription. And he's somebody I would, uh, I would give insurance to is Sword and Scale. Do you know what Sword and Scale is? Yeah, my um, my parents listened to that, and I think they had a didn't they have a cancellation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently? No, he got canceled. He got Mike Boudet. I love Mike Boudet, man. I've been trying to get him on this show for a long time. Um, but uh, I might yeah, have sent him a DM that didn't get uh, responded to a couple months ago. Yeah, he's the man. I fucking love him. He's so based, and I love the show. I love his show. It's I, he's a true crime podcaster who is just totally mastered it. And he gets he he's the only one who like gets the actual recordings from the true crime. And each episode is a different crime. And it's so dark. And he's got such a great sense of humor. It's he and he's so based. Uh he's the only one I really pay five dollars a month to, to be honest. I don't think I pay for anybody else. I used to pay for BAP. I stopped, not because I didn't want to, but just because I was cutting everything, like every single subscription. Um, I think I cut like, exactly I, my point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, like, so who, who are your people? Who, who are your, you, you said Rogan, but like who, what's, what would your yeah, actual people? I subscribe. Like you okay, should make so... a dashboard. Like if you want to show people what this looks like, you should have your own dashboard. That's like, here's my people that I'm pledged to, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think I only subscribe to a couple now, but I appreciate, yeah, you making the point of just like, yeah, you're interested in lots of people, but you only subscribe to a couple. And just because you stop subscribing doesn't mean you dislike them, blah, blah. So no, one of the things I subscribed to was Beth, um, who did call for cancellation insurance in a episode. Oh, he did. I can't remember. Yeah. It's in, um, it's in my notes somewhere. 
I wish it was in front of me, but I was going to pull the episode up. But um, yeah, I remember I was like, I guess I go to sleep to a lot and I like jolted awake. I remember like a couple, a couple months back when I, I first started. <laughs> you go it. to sleep to it. You go to the sleep to the sounds of BAP. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. And then like I occasionally wake up to like if there's like especially like really intense like classical music, I'll like wake up in like a haze just like, ah. And then so it's not really the best sleeping system, but it's when I got going. Um, but, uh, I listened to, uh, Matt and Shane's secret podcast. Um, never even heard of that. Never even Shane, heard of that. Or, you know, Shane Gillis, um, the comic oh, yeah. who was right. going to be, yeah. So that's his, uh, podcast, um, that, People uh, love him. Shane Gillis. Was that you that was telling me about Shane Gillis? Everybody, like, apparently Shane Gillis is like the number one comedian in the country and like nobody even talks about it or knows. He's yeah, he's hilarious. You can tell because like, uh, or at least um, because you know Rogan has like this whole kind of like anointing thing that he does. Like when um, like a new comic catches his eye, he did it to Tim Dillon, another person who I paid five bucks a month to. Um, Tim Dillon and then Shane Gillis. He so like they were on his show like at least like once a month. But um, yeah, Matt and Shane and this podcast. So what happens oh, yeah. on this podcast? I don't really, I don't, I don't listen to comedy podcasts. But like, what happens on? Tim, what's it called? Matt and Tim, or uh, Tim Dylan? Tim Dylan's podcast is called the Tim Dylan Show. No, he just yeah. goes off, off the top of his head for an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I know, I know his show. But what, what's this one? Yeah, Tim, what is Matt? It Matt and Shane is Matt literally Sh- just um, yeah. His uh, co-host Matt McCuster is probably the most. He's got to be like the most underrated comic I've ever heard. I haven't seen much of his stand-up, but he. I mean. Shane Gillis is amazing, and I think Matt might be at least in conversation funnier than him. It's hysterical. All right, I'll give this a listen. So, what do they do? Do they just do they? What do they actually do? I'm Sit sure. on a couch and talk. They just talk. So sometimes it's a bed in a stool. Sometimes they're but they're sitting somewhere in the same room talking. Usually, yeah. Wow. It's funny, man. I mean, I don't know. I like, I was like, I, it crossed my mind briefly to like try to do an example. I thought much better of it. I'm not going to do it. It's wow. a good shut up. Um, All right. So we got then, Matt and Shane. Yeah. That's good to know. I got to listen to that. And then, and then BAP. Who else? Anybody else? And I pay, I don't know if I pay for anyone else's. Um, I mostly like the people that I like, I, I follow and stuff. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, pay their patreon or um so oh i subscribed to yarvin substack for a while but he really wasn't doing much paywall and stuff i just i just uh do a free subscription to that um and then uh i think i read yarvin like once i read yarvin like twice a year (laughs) you know like like i sit down and i actually like read what he's written and it's always great i always like get a lot from it but it's like i i don't actually give myself the mind space to like read it every time it comes in you know i i kind of like need to make the time for it yeah besides the first month where i like devoured all of uh unqualified reservations like three years ago then you know that's that's filling so then you kind of go from there and you know get some other stuff but um but yeah i think uh yeah, I don't think I subscribe to that many Substacks. I just get, you know, get the free stuff yeah. and, you know, if it's paywalled, I'll eventually, you know, um, I'll eventually pull the trigger, but then, you know, eventually rescind it because until now, I mean, maybe at some point in the future, I'll have a shitload of money to pay for people. But as of right now, not the case. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, everybody, in the, or most people in the, the dissident rights sphere that I follow, I just like track their thoughts and their stuff. Uh, through Twitter when they publish through I am seventeen seventy six or um or other stuff American Mind anything like that I you know read that stuff um but yeah I pretty much mostly follow the thinkers that I follow through Twitter and then whatever they go off of and promote off of that I'll follow. So do you like any like normie stuff? Are there any normie things you like? You know, like are you like a Marvel guy or anything like that? No, I like the Bills. I like the Buffalo Bills. That's I mean, there's football. That's pretty normy. <laughs> nice, nice, I mean, nice, I don't. Nice. Yeah. Uh, trying to think. I don't know. Late night with Jimmy Kimmel. I'm just kidding. No, obviously not that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, more normy stuff. I I have to be more normal than what I'm letting on. I probably do some stuff, but like. It's, I mean, I don't know. What's grabbing your attention in the normie world? I'll flip it back on you. Well, I, I don't so- know. What's what's good. 
Um, well, let's talk about the Bills for a second. So what's going to happen to the Bills next year? Poor, poor Bills. Poor Bills. That's all. I knew they were going to lose. I, I could I, I could just sense. I could feel. I, they, they wanted it too bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that loss in the playoffs last year was one was like, that just left me empty. I might've turned it off in the third quarter. Like um, at least the one with the chiefs the previous year was like, at least that, I mean, heartbroken, but I can like, you know, it's one of the best games that's ever been played, but um, I don't know. I mean, they'll either, you know, win the super bowl or I'll be like angry. I mean, that's, that's just, it's the same deal like year in and year out. Like they, for the, since they got Allen, but so like yeah. they need to win the Super Bowl or I'll be like viciously angry. Well, it's a weird situation. It's uh, I could it was you could just sense early in the season. I'm a huge Rams fan, or at least I was a huge okay. Rams fan. I, I, I am a huge Rams fan, but I like the Super Bowl season. I went to almost every game. Um, I literally went to like seven of the eight home games. Like I, I really was there all the time because I have friends who have season tickets. So I was like so down. And also like in LA being a Rams fan, it's like so different than any other city because there's no history. Nobody gives a shit. So it's like, you know, like you're kind of like doing it performatively a little bit because like you're oh, trying yeah, to they're in Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 They're okay. in LA now. They want, dude, we won two years ago. So I was really into it that season. I'm, I'm getting a little like, it's getting harder and harder for me to like involve myself in normie things. Like, I can't really go to parties anymore. You know, like I it's, I'm just too far. Like I can't sit there and just talk to somebody about, cause everything's been politicized. That's the thing. It's like what you're saying about content is true of everything. It's like so many people still have this thing of like, Oh, but if it's, you know, uh, it shouldn't be political. You know, your, your, uh, your art should not be political. This is something people say all the time that, Art shouldn't be political. And that may have been true for a long time, but now we don't have the choice anymore. Like, like the, the economy really is shearing in two. It's like, it's like you kind of have to choose now. And that's why there's such a market for Patreon because people are so sick of the mainstream. They can't stand it. So it's like, there really is like a shearing going on. And I find that these normie things, it's like they don't let you just sit and watch football. Like people now have to, you know, they got to put all this bullshit on the, on the screen and on the field and everything like that. And it's kind of like that in interpersonal relationships too. It's like, I go to parties, people don't let you just, you kind of have to talk about politics. Like there's almost no other choice. Like people force you into it. Like they, they say stuff to, to say like, oh, are you good? Are you bad? So like, I just am getting so I've just, I'm like done playing that game. Like, I don't want to like, I don't know. So in any case, um, I don't uh, know. If I, I agree on all points, man. What? Uh, I agree on all points, man. I got a, I'm visiting family in uh, California um, for a thing like next month. And like, I, uh, I'm like thinking through like some past conversations. Like I, I can't, um, I realize like, even if I want to be polite, I can't like grant the, even if I want to, I can't like grant the opposite side, like the amount of respect. I like whatever <laughs> I say about my, the opposing side will implicitly insult yeah, everyone exactly. who sides with that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, so I can't, so I'm just like, I'll just have to smile and like chew my rock. Like I, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's thing. what's so that's, it's gotten so extreme because like play in playing with language, right. Where you can't say him, her, like, I'm never going to say her, you know, I'm never going to call a man her. Like it, 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 I'm never going to like call a, you know, one of these trans people. Like I'm never going to say her if it's a man, I'm never going to do it. So like, you're going to say to me, like, people are going to say, oh, him, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say, no, I'm not saying him like it's not, or, you know, her. I'm not going to say whatever the fucking thing they want me to say is. I'm never going to do it. So that just disqualifies me like automatically from hanging out with like a lot of people. I mean, in L.A., like 60 percent of people probably I can't be around because they're going to say some shit. I'm not going to fucking say that, you know, like, no way. I mean, like I have before, but I'm not saying it anymore, man.
no, I'm I'm done with that shit. I had somebody chastise me for saying retarded, like in a bar, like another grown man. Yeah, I dude. was like, it was like getting smacked in the punch. face. I was yeah, just you like, just gotta punch somebody who does that. Like literally, if somebody, you just have to like respond with just raw hostility. It was, I mean, that, I mean, which I interpreted that as raw hostility because it was. I'm just like, are you like, I don't know. We don't know each other's names and you're yeah. fucking, you're 37. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what, why are you doing that? What did he say? What did he say? I, like, I don't, I, well, I don't, I, well, I didn't literally say you're 37. It was just kind of my internal thing. I just, I, it was just like kind of like an uncomfortable thing. I'm just like, yeah, no, I did. But like, there's no, there's whatever you I'm not digressing from this thing just because you my my own line of conversation I was having with another person who wasn't you because you decided to interject them. Maybe that maybe most people kind of just kind of fall in line and just like, oh, I'm sorry. But like this, I don't know you We're in a bar like this. We're not doing that. But, um, you know, so it's uh just kind of an awkward but but in reality it's just kind of like an awkward kind of silence until it kind of settled up yeah jeez yeah people i mean you know you never know what you're gonna do until you get in those situations like you know i talk a big game but in each one of those situations it's very different you know the the context matters a lot and you it's kind of like uh you can't always be ready to like fight um but yeah. man, it's I had no really great monologue plan. It was more just a confused look, just going like, huh? like what? And that yeah, was kind right. of the end of it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's like, right. It's like getting cleaved in two and, and the two sides are just like separating more and more and more. And it, it, it kind of becomes impossible to, it becomes impossible to bridge that gap. So I don't know. I mean, I, I want to stay an NFL fan, but it's i just feel like it's going to be harder and harder going forward and also as as these sports have you, are, are you a basketball fan at all no i can i mean i occasionally but like i can only like like religiously like actually be like a sports fan for one sport i've been like that my whole life just yeah before. no it's too much when you get into multiple but i i watched some of the nba playoffs the nba sucks it has gotten so awful it's like so boring they they do it they do a friggin' like replay they have to watch when there's a foul so now every time there's a foul they have to like watch the replay to see if there was a foul like the game was already too slow in the end it was already too slow now there's like a million yeah. stops it's like stops every two seconds everybody looks really bored and tired like everybody in the audience is just kind of like eh. like you can tell like that whole league like the the soul has gotten pulled out of that. Like the, their ratings are just going to plummet. Like no one wants to fucking watch basketball. It's so lame. It's really like lost. It's like, it's like I, my prediction would be the NBA will like be out of business, like in the near future, because you can just tell. And as things get long housed, you know, more and more things are getting long housed where they can't do anything anymore. Like they can't, things are just too safe. So it's getting hard. The point being, it's getting harder and harder to participate in normie culture. Like you can't go to the movies anymore. Every movie's bad. You can't turn on Netflix anymore. Every Netflix thing is bad. You know, it's like, it's really tough. It really is very hard. But I'll tell you the other side. The crazy thing is like, it's still though, just because of the incumbency this side, the main, this being the normie side is still like way up here. And we're like way down here, you know, like it's this system so fat and so powerful. And our system is like barely alive. It has like the slightest heartbeat, you know, and you don't really realize that until you like dedicate your life to it. Like, do you have a normie job? Like do you have a day job? I did until very recently. Now it's just, oh, so you left. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to, I mean, cause even like the consequences of, um, you know, I mean, I want this to be successful more than anything, but I mean, there's going to be downsides that come with like, there's a whole, um, you know, it's a whole, uh, you know, endeavor. So I kind of, uh, cut off any potential escape routes that I might be tempted to take. Um, but, uh, yeah, the note about, or one, no, and not to be like, uh, you know, just like a 
um, dreamy, like idealist about the whole sort of thing. Like, yes, though that normie culture being all the way up here and our thing kind of having like a slight heartbeat. Yeah. But the trajectories are pretty favorable. Like, I mean, and I was thinking like the other day, like, I mean, just the, the stuff that I was seeing on the timeline this pride month was not this hot last year. Like, I mean, things are going faster than I think people notice. Um, and also there is a whole thing where I'm going to try to say this without being cringe, but like, um, well, it's like the opposite trajectory of like late night talk shows who have said like nothing edgy or funny in years is kind of like the, it's the opposite that kind of magnetically pushes people away because it's not interesting. And I would say this, I wouldn't really consider myself part of the dissident right a couple of years ago, but like there were signals that were being put out before I even really had the contours of what it was of just like, these are smart, interesting, fun. These are only non-miserable people I've seen in like three years. Like, so there is just an energy to it. And that's attractive to people for the same reason that you and I were attracted to it. It'll still be attractive to people. And just because, you know, whatever personality types it might have already ensnared, other people just have to be broken down a bit more. Uh, I had to be broken down a little bit before I got turned on. Other people What was it? Say. Do you remember what broke you down? Was it like, I mean, you kind of mentioned some of your people, but like, was there a thing in your personal life or like, what was? Um... I don't know. It might, it might've already been that kind of origin story that I mentioned, but like also, um, and I do have, let me figure out a way to phrase this. Some other, um, I would say, you know, the IDW, which I know gets shut on a lot around here. I'm not going to, you know, kind of pile onto that, but you know, that was kind of where I would have placed my allegiances a couple of years back, um, like around that sphere. And then, you know, there's like a sort of lack of movement um, or energy. And I still do like like a lot of those people, like probably more than other people listening to this do. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's no forward direction. There was I mean, I got some benefit from conversations. I learned some things, but we we have to keep it moving because things are getting better. I need to look for people who are actually serious about solutions. And then this is, you know, kind of um, where I arrived at. Yeah. How did you find Exit? Um, so Exit Group see. is the group of, which I should have said this long ago, uh, is the ex, is the group of Bennett's phylactery who's been on this show. And it's his like group of men who are starting businesses, a parallel economy, like helping each other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I had followed him on Twitter for a while and then I saw what, happened and this was maybe i mean let's see started it what like a year and a half ago maybe um maybe more two years anyway so i saw that canceling happen i saw that he was starting that thing i put it on a note of one of my many notes about hey these are things that are kind of generally because um well I, I won't get too far away from that point but like i knew that that existed i had been keeping tabs on it when i first um started a Substack to talk about this idea because i was like I was sick of encapsulating it in like eight slides. Like I realized that billion dollar empires have been built on eight slides of a pitch deck, but I'm like, no, my thing's the most important thing. I need to talk about it at length for as long as I want. So um, yeah, I mean, that was like back in 2021. And I remember like tagging them in one of the, in like the first sub stack. So like, there's a lot of different efforts. People are all splitting off of their own different ways. Like this is the way that I'm kind of um, addressing it at a certain layer and trying to start building a need that hasn't been met yet um, sufficiently in my eyes. Um, and then also exit um, other projects, you know, new foundings doing their thing, exit. So we're all kind of, um, there's not going to be one solution. It's going to be a constellation of all these other things just kind of interlocking into one another. Yeah, totally, man. Um, well, it's, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with Pluribus. Um, it's a very fascinating idea. It's a fascinating approach to something that <clears throat> definitely nobody else is doing. I mean, my instinct is that it's going to kind of like transform into different stuff as as you keep it going. You know, it's it. I I think I think it's the seed of something really cool, and it's going to like I'm fascinated to see like what it grows into. You know, because I think there's so many directions it could go, and you'll probably you know. 
start to have, you know, as they say with Airbnb, right. Or Instagram, it's like, there's all these stories of it was like, Instagram was actually for an entirely different thing. And then people started using it for this, you know, like, I think, I think as long as you just stick with it and you keep growing, it's a great name and it's a great brand. So I think as you just keep seeing what works, keeps like seeing what's sticking on the wall and like pivot, I think that that's going to be, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. I mean, I, I more or less have the same, um, the same view of it. I mean, I've like laid out all these like careful plans, but like also have tried not to be too careful. Um, because I mean, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're, um, you know, it's cause it's not going to be a trans, a transformative thing. This isn't going to be a solution by, Hey, cancel culture is solved in July. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so, but like one of the reasons why, you know, I've, one of the, I wanted to chat with you um, and to get kind of creators on board to begin with um, is to kind of start this process of kind of getting the ball rolling, getting the momentum. And again, I have, I couldn't be more certain that should certain momentum get going and eventually the light goes on in people's heads that this is a real thing that it'll take care of itself. But also, um, you know, just having people on board to begin with to give feedback of, Hey, this thing that you thought would be awesome that I'd like, I'm not that big of a fan of it. What I would like is insert thing that I haven't thought of right here. And then, you know, we can tailor it to what people actually want. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then just, you know, kind of iterate it on there and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. For sure, man. All right. Well, we'll put links in the description and, um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming on. We're eager to see what happens. Thanks for having me, man. Had a blast. All right.